Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Good morning. Well, it is Labor Day weekend, or as I like to call it, annual skip church weekend. Um, so if you don't know, it's on the calendar. So if you didn't get the memo, just next year, don't come. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, thank you for those of you who, are, who really serve the Lord. No, I'm just again, kidding again. I'm so kidding. We know it's the, it's the Midwest. It's the last week in the summer. If I lived in Florida, right? Our summers would be packed, and then the rest of the year, you're like, oh, that's who really comes to church, am I right, Charlie? So that's, that's kind of the way it is, and that's the Midwest. It's summertime, and people enjoy their weekends, and we understand. Um, but uh, hopefully you're watching online and, and giving and stuff. I want to walk through those days one more time. Jesse did a great job, but I want to, how many of you have fasted so far in our 21 days? Put, it, put your hands up. Put your hand, like, in the sky so we can see him. Awesome. This is really good. So that's really great. Um, we had prayer yesterday morning at my house, and it was a, man, it was a sweet time. We had prayer this morning, uh, and it's going to be every Sunday morning at 845 in the kids' church room for one hour. And, man, I, I don't know about everybody else, but God's presence was in that room. It was awesome. We had a great time of prayer. And so just seeking his face. So the agenda for prayer is just God move. That's it. We, we, we don't have a, God, we want, uh, want $80,000 to come in, although that'd be fine. Um, we don't, but but just, just God move. God show up. But at the same time, how many of you have been doing the forward, uh, the forward right? You're doing the, some of you are doing the fast, but how many of you have done the forward every day so far? Gene, kind of? LaDonna? LaDonna, I believe it. Um, <laughs> more than anybody else, probably. All right, so let's up our game this week on that. So we have more hands up next week. The idea, okay, the idea, it, my stairs are gone, so that's a big step. Um, <laughs> the idea is, is every day practicing sharing our faith. So today is, uh, today is someone Sunday. Offer to bring someone to church. At this point, that's probably past you. Okay, unless you go somewhere else tonight. And that's fine, but don't. Okay, so, I'm just kidding. Ministry Monday. Pray with at least one person you know who isn't a Christian. Listen, listen, listen. That does not mean pray for. That's good. You can. But that's not what it says. (laughs) That says pray with somebody you know isn't a Christian or someone you don't know personally. That means at some point in your day, somewhere, find someone to ask to pray for and pray for them. Okay? Now here, what if they say no, Pastor Brian? Then you did your deal. It's all good. So if, I don't, if they say no, do I fail? There is, this, is, this is not pass fail, okay? Maybe to the Lord, not to me. I, I, you know, he could. He could judge your all whole eternity. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but Ministry Monday, find somebody and just pray for their need. Here's the cool thing. What if 
just, I, I remember, I think I've told, I know I've told this story before, but I remember being, a, being in a warehouse working, and, and one guy, Bill, hated me so much, and, and, uh, and, and I, would, I would offer to pray for guys all the time and reach out to them. One guy, this guy, Bill, comes up to me all mad. He's like, did you pray for me? And I'm like, well, I pray for you a lot, Bill. What's going on? He's like, well, I had a headache, but now I don't. And then he stormed off. <laughs> and he immediately thought, it's because I prayed for him. It was funny that he was mad about it, but <laughs> um, you never know what God's going to do. So Testimony Tuesday, share your story. Even if they argue with the Word of God, they can't argue with your story because it happened to you. So share your testimony with someone who doesn't know it. By the way, who isn't a Christian? It's not, it's not wrong to share your testimony with our Christians. That's encouraging. But to share your testimony with somebody who doesn't know Jesus, that could change their life. Walking Wednesday, walk up to someone you don't know and bless them. So pay for their coffee, give them a gift, help them with a task. It's some kind of act of kindness. And if they ask you why, then you can say. You don't have to be like, let me help you with that. Repent or go to hell. Don't do that, okay? Just help them, okay? And then, you know, if you, if you want, just say, hey, I believe God loves you. Jesus loves you. So that's what Wednesday is, Thirsty Thursday. That, that isn't a bar, okay? Now, if, if, if that helps you, if you're like, I, I go for a drink at the bar, that's between you and the Lord, but buy somebody else's and then tell them, stop, Jesus loves you, okay? So, I'm just kidding. Um, but, but if you don't go to Starbucks, man, 7-Eleven, okay? Wherever, wherever you go, if you stop at the gas station and buy yourself a Diet Coke, buy somebody else's and just say, man, God loves you. And pour into them. Just give them Jesus. Social Friday. That's the day you do social media. So you're like, I'm going to share my testimony on social media. Great. That doesn't count on Tuesday. But it will count on Friday. Okay? And then you win bonus stars. And if you get the bonus stars, you get to level up. All right. Some, and then sent Saturday. So what we did yesterday, sent Saturday, is before or after turn the team, handing out invite cards and door hangers. So on our welcome table... We have door hangers and invite cards, and they look awesome. Kyle did a great job. Um, uh, but that's what we did. We had prayer yesterday, and then we had about a dozen of them. We just walked around our neighborhood and put them on doors. And here and there, we ran into somebody and said, hey, we'd love for you to join us. They are not here, but that's okay, because you never know. Matter of fact, I, I, I feel impressed. Jimena would be too much on the spot to ask you to share that right now. Come on, come on, let's do it. Give it up for him. She, you guys would rather hear her anyway. My message is only like an hour and a half, so. Um, Amanda, just share the story. This is before we ever launched, and we just learned about this like a month ago. Please, please share. Yeah, so, um, I mean, most people think that we are here because LaDonna invited us, and of course, half of the church is here because of her. But um, the Lord was already speaking to my heart about Thrive Church because it was meaningful for my sister. My sister just moved here um, to the States from Ecuador, and she was in that transition where she needed to decide if she was staying or not. And she, one, I think, I don't know, one random day she needed to go talk to um, immigration lawyer in the city, but she didn't want to just trust what the lawyer was going to tell her an advisor regarding green paper, green car, and all those things that is very difficult to get. So, but she wanted to hear from the Lord, should I stay here or should I go home? So right before she got, she was at the, um, 
the lawyer was downtown Chicago, so she went to the metro station and just, I don't know who gave her the invitation, the uh, postcard, it said a thrive. And for her, that was the Lord speaking to her, there's a home, there's a family, there's a place for you here, a stay. And she kept, it was a granola bar with an invitation, and she just kept it for years. So two years later, I'm just looking for a new church. I just felt that the Lord is calling, calling us to leave, and I'm just praying. And she takes the granola bar, and she's like, what about Thrive? And I think a week later, La Donna says, like, you want to come and check my church? So that, that, and not only that, but the day that Pastor Brian shared, how my sister got here with the granola bar. I think that it was the day that we had the um, outside service. Um, that day, my sister um, and her husband put an offer for a home, and they got approved. So Come on. in, in Lockport, so it was like, you know, the promise of having a home, a place, a family, all coming to a full circle. And it was just because someone was bold and just gave it a granola bar with an invitation to thrive. So, so cool. Amen. Yeah. Thank you so much, Amanda. So we are not doing this as a way to super grow our church. But how many of you, I know Jenny did it, several others, we, we went and handed out granola bar. We took Thrive cards and we stapled them to a granola bar before we ever launched. And we just went to train stations and handed them to people. And they were, you know, they were pre-wrapped, chewy granola bars. So it was, you know, you do the homemade ones and people are like, what is in this? And I don't know who you are. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> and in other news, you know. <laughs> so um, we, didn't, we didn't, but just that, and you never know. And like, Michael, Jimena's husband, is one of our elders. Um, they, they, they keep this church running. Jimena led prayer in our church that went over a year. Which also, what, that was not announced, was it? Uh, tomorrow morning, women's prayer, was it? Yeah, I, I didn't pay attention. So, <laughs> tomorrow morning, women's prayer starts again on, on Zoom. But uh, um, powerful things just from here. So if you're like, well, I'm not comfortable with those things. Awesome. The Lord didn't call you to comfort. It's okay. But I don't know if... Any, our family or if Jenny or somebody else from Thrive was at that train station to hand her that, we don't know. Maybe, maybe she knows, but we don't know. But what we know is God will use it. So, man, go on mission. Take advantage of this. And if at the end you're like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what happened, trust God with it. It's awesome. So speaking of our fast forward, we're going into that series starting today. And... There's not one section of scripture so much as this is the theme. It's a little more topical. And then right after this is done, we're going into just a straight scripture teaching on Titus for a while. But this series, fast forward, the scripture that kept coming to me over and over for today, not in the next two weeks, but today. This is this 21 days of seeking and reaching. Seek God and reach out. And you know who was amazing at that was the Apostle Paul. And the scripture that kept coming back to me was where Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. 
And I got to be honest, I don't like that scripture that much. Because <laughs> it really puts me in the place of like, do I have my act together? Like across all the things? Just to unpack that scripture a little bit, Paul was sending a letter to this church in the city of Corinth. So Corinth was not a great place. I mean, it was the place to be, but as a people, not a great place. It was filled with lust and corruption, tons of it. Matter of fact, they had temple prostitutes by the thousands. That was a way they worshipped. That's, that's how far gone it was. We don't have that even now, right? Not, not anywhere that I know of on the earth, where they're like, we pay for this for worship. Now, we do, but it's separate from direct. It's indirect, right? They don't know they're doing it. What has, happened to, what has happened in Paul's day? Paul has raised this church up. He's reached out. He's seen them come to know Jesus. But they're so messed up. They're so broken. They're so new. They're so, uh, they're so off. He has to write this letter to them. And it's this metropolitan city. It's a trade city on water. And they have the biggest probably worship to, I believe it's Athanasius, it's a Greek god, and it's a woman, and that's why they have these temple prostitutes and such, because somehow they're connected with this is worship. It's messed up. And, and one, one commentator said it this way, and it's really good. It should show up on your screen. He said, the ideal of the Corinthian was the reckless development of the individual. Now let's stop there, leave it up. The reckless development of the individual. That sounds a little something like something we know about, right? That is now, that's here. My truth, my, my whatever, my, what's your, gen- find your gender, discover it. <laughs> uh, it's pretty easy. All right, well, <laughs> um, so, so, like this is the time we live in. Whatever, what are your dreams? Sometimes your dreams are bad dreams. (laughs) Like, I want to be a WNBA player in the sewers. What? That doesn't make sense. I just want to do it. That's my dream. It's a weird dream. Can't happen. Okay? So, similarities, right? A reckless development of the individual. A lot like us. If there is, in my opinion, okay, this isn't Bible teaching. This is Pastor Brian's opinion right now. If there is a church or people that America is most like compared to the Bible, it is the Corinthian church. Messed up, broken, very morally confused, but needing to find their way, and God loves them. Okay, The merchant who made his gain by, uh, by is that oil? By all and every means, okay? The man of pleasure surrendering himself to every lust, the athletes steal to every bodily exercise and proud in their physical strength are the true Corinthian types. In a word, the man who recognized no superior and no law but his own desires. Not so far from where we are, I don't think. I think that's, that kind of looks like us, right? That looks like an Instagram influencer, doesn't it? That kind of like... You know, that looks like somebody in the streets that says, I'm going to burn that down because 
bad things happen to me. Which I'll, I'll never understand that. You know, something bad happened to me, so let me hit you. I, I always feel like, ah, I don't know if that solves the issue. You know, you may feel better, but now I don't, right? We're just passing, what's happening is we're passing sin on, not conquering it, right? And the height of the individual, well, there's, there's some truth in that because God designed us uniquely and beautifully, but we're not made solely for ourselves. Life is not about me. It's not all about me, my story, what I like, what I want. I've told you that. Remember that shortly after Colin was born, Andrew was like, can you just go get him some food when he started eating solid foods? And I was like, but I haven't had coffee yet. Does he not understand at six months old that I, I just need a cup of coffee in me that I can help him out? And Andrew's just looking at me like, he's a baby. <laughs> like, she got it. You know, moms get it right away. Dads, we take a while. Dads take a while, and then I take just a little bit longer. Okay. And, and man, eventually I got it, you know, but I remember that morning, it's like this revelation from God. It's not about you, Brian. And so Paul, he gets so frustrated with this selfish, sin-soaked church and people that he's like, all right, everybody stop. <laughs> Just follow me as I follow Jesus. Because they're arguing. They're arguing over this new guy, Apollos, who came in and said, hey, do this, and, do and was, was a better speaker probably than Paul. And, and they were arguing over, should we do this from the Old Testament? Should we do that? And, and what about these Greek philosophies? And Paul's just like, oh, everybody shut up. <laughs> Eyes up here, follow me. Follow me as I follow Jesus, because you're doing this badly. When I was a brand new, very new worship leader, years ago, okay, back when Chris Tomlin was still young, okay, all right, some of you are like, who's Chris Tomlin? And I would say to you, shut up, you're young, we get it, okay, all right, um, he's Brandon Lake before Brandon Lake. And so, all right, so, so back, back then, and, and I remember just like, I, I was trying to lead the band. See, like, Heidi, Heidi's blessed. You guys have, like, we have, like, worship teams here, and our musicians are good, <laughs> and they know how to play music. It's, it's really amazing. And so, like, she could do, like, let's do the chorus again, and they understand what she means. I walked in. Our best drummer was in sixth grade. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He was our best drummer. I had others. The 11-year-old was the best. Right? And he filled every line. Every line there was a fill. <laughs> Any drummer in here knows what I mean. Everybody else is like, fill what? Just, just always things happening. All the time. And, and, and we, had, we had a giant baby grand... Now this room was about the size of our kids' church room. And we had a giant grand piano on the stage and a keyboard. Now you'd think, oh, because one's playing pads and the drone sound. No, also playing piano. So we had dueling pianos. Did you want the baby grand? Which was miked in a room that fit maybe 50 people, right? And, and then we had a, an acoustic drum set open, not even blocked in, just, just there with an 11-year-old going to town. And I thought, 
I'm going to teach these guys. Follow me. I'm going to teach them hand signals. Here's the chorus. We're going to tag it. We're going to, all you people who think, oh, they're in the spirit. No, they just know hand signals. Okay, so, so, so all of this stuff. And it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. And at that time, I had started learning guitar. Emphasis on started. And I was like, these guys are so bad, and I can't lead this way. They need something to follow. So I, I just got on my face, and I got in my practice closet, and I practiced guitar like you would not believe. And I practiced, but I also prayed, God, make me better faster, <laughs> because this is awful. They needed something to follow. They needed to be able to listen and say, follow that. This is pre-metronome days in worship. Now you guys all have your click in your ears. Congratulations. We didn't have that back then, okay? This, uh, this was, if you didn't play together, man, it was on. It was just awful. And so they needed something to follow. And what's amazing is God turned it around as they learned to follow something. And then they eventually got to the days they didn't always need me to play. But it took time. They needed something to follow. We need somebody to follow. And here's the thing. Paul lays something out here that's kind of awesome and scary all at the same time. Follow me as I follow Christ. And here's my question to you. How many of us can say that? We're living still, anybody here who maybe is a Christian who's over the age of 40, Okay? We think Christian worldview, and we think that's what everybody else sees. And you need to begin to understand the world does not see it like that. We are a post-Christian society. Not that long ago, pre-2020, it's worse post-2020, pre-2020, Barna Research did a study, and they asked, what's, a, what's post-Christian? Here's a few of the metrics for post-Christian. Um, do, they, do they not believe in God? Uh, identify as atheist or agnostic? Disagree with faith as important to their lives? They disagree with the Bible as accurate? They don't donate money to, Christian, to the church or Christian causes? They don't feel a responsibility to share their faith? They haven't read the Bible uh, even in the last week, they don't go to a small religious group. Post-Christian rankings by city, and you'll see it come up here. It's hard to see. Chicago is 25 on that list out of 100 cities in the U.S. Post-Christian. What that means is most people under the age of 40 believe in those metrics, or rather don't believe. And not only that, they don't understand. It is foreign to them. If you said, do you know the story of David and Goliath? Most people under 40 would say, no. Do, are they an influencer? Are they on, are they on Instagram? Are they on TikTok? No. They're in the Bible. This is the age we're living in, but we keep treating the age we're living in as, you know, just get yourself in a good church or a good small group. You'll get discipled. You'll move along. That is not how it is. And we should be living lives that says, follow me as I follow Christ to those who are in church, but also to those who are outside. How many of us can actually say, follow me as I follow Christ, and they'll find their way to Jesus by the time they're done? Can we say that? 
can you say that about your life? You could point the finger at me and like, well, they can't say that when they look at you, pastor. Maybe, maybe not, but you're not going to answer to heaven for me. You're not going to answer to heaven because you had bad parents. You're not going to answer to God. See, the Bible doesn't create a sense of believers that are converts, that show up to church and check in. He says, he doesn't say go and make converts. He doesn't say go and make believers. What Jesus say? Go and make disciples, disciples followers. And Paul teaches, follow me as I follow Jesus. You know what we would do now? We would write articles about that guy. He would be on julieroys.com. We would call out the spiritual abuse and cultish behavior of that guy. How could you dare say that? But Paul understood something. If I'm following Jesus closely, you can follow me because you're going to get to him. He got this concept. We don't anymore. We are post-Christian, and people need to be able to follow us to Jesus and understand that, or they never will. We are not, let me put, you, let me put it really in context for you. This past week, Nathan comes home. By the way, our, Jesse and LaDonna are killing the youth group. The youth group leaders, you're doing an awesome job. Thank you. Yeah. This whack, last week, they had a youth come, and they have unsaved kids coming all the time, which is what we want. And not only that, I want my kids around unsaved people. I don't want them just in church culture. I want them to know the world's lost, and it's our job to reach out and save them. But as they're, they separate in the guys and girls, and Nathan tells me, he tells me this story. One of them, who's, who's living at least probably a homosexual lifestyle, right? Or, or feels that way. One of them says to Jesse, as Jesse's leading the study, talking about the Bible, he says, but I thought... If you read the Bible, you're brainwashed. And they had a great discussion, and that kid's heart opened up, from what I know, right? He was in tears by the end of the night. God moving in his life. Man, thank God my kids got to see that. And not only that, here's the coolest thing. He came and talked to me after about it. That's the world we're living in. Not only have you got to prepare your kids for that, we need to be prepared for that. Right? It is our job to go wisely. We're in the world, but not of it. Holiness is a factor that we've lost sight of. But here's this thing. I'm so grateful for moments like that that remind me this world is lost. They don't disagree with the Bible. They think it's evil. You see the difference? It has changed. So if they can't believe the Bible, then watch me, because I'm going to take you right to Jesus. Now, are they wrong? Yep. Is that evil? Yep. But follow me. I'm going to get you to Jesus. Come with me. One of the rules you make as a Christian should be, I will hang out with unbelievers, but not on their turf. So you want me to meet you in the bar? Nah, but I'll meet you in a movie theater. I'll meet you at church. I'll meet you at Starbucks. Now, some of you can go and have a drink and walk away. Good. Good for you. That's awesome. My wife and I made the decision. We were having this conversation yesterday. We had alcoholic parents, so we just don't bother 
we can't, we can't do it. It's not worth it to us. But some of you, if you can't, man, good for you. Wherever it is, can you say to a lost person, hey, follow me. But we're going to do it on our turf where I'm not going to stumble. Okay? Many of us grew up in church, and you don't realize you're in a post-Christian world. But we should be able to say to the unbeliever and the believer, follow me as I follow Christ. And you're going to find yourself at Christ by the time you're done. That's such good news. The good news about being in a post-Christian world, here's the best news about it. How many of us have seen somebody in our life, in our church, in our family, move to Florida, Missouri, Tennessee, South Carolina, the, wherever the land of free is to them, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, I call it the Illinois drip. Like, it's just the constant, every pastor I know. I know a guy who's in the city, he may be, be here in the next few months. He's got to like reboot his church plant because a bunch of his churches moved out of the state. And I don't blame him, right? But here's the good news. John 1, 5, I believe it's John 1, 5. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Light shines brightest in the darkness. When the world, when so many Christians, look, I'm not, for those Christians who are called out and they're going to move, I get it. But man, don't run from darkness if you're the light. Don't be afraid of darkness if you're the light. Because you, light, what can darkness do to light? Nothing. Nothing. It cannot extinguish us. The darkness can't beat light. It just can't. It's just automatically driven out when we light up. We win automatically. But those are questions we've got to ask. If an unbeliever were to follow your life right now, would they end up at Jesus? Would they? If an unbeliever were to watch you and what you did and the way you live and, and things, would they eventually come, be confronted with the question, who is Jesus? And if not, then it's time to evaluate some things in your life. But here's the next question, the follow-up question, like, well, an unbeliever might. Here's the second question. Go ahead and put it up there. If a Christian were to follow your life, would they find themselves closer to Jesus? And some of you are like, well, I do that. I do that with my kids, which is your first and foremost priority, 100%. But some of you do that only with your kids. You only disciple your kids and nobody else. And what you've done in that process is teach your kids to be selfish and put themselves first and not disciple others. And one day when they follow Jesus and they find out it's not about them, their faith is going to be on rocky ground. Let your kids watch you disciple other people and them. That's vitally important. God called us to be and make disciples. If you think, well, disciples are for new Christians, no, you're a disciple or you're not a follower of Jesus. That's it. There's two categories, not with Jesus and a disciple. That's it. Those are the two categories. So are you a disciple? Okay, let's try that again. Are you a disciple? Yes. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're a disciple. And you make disciples. That's what we do. Ask yourself, when was the last time you led somebody to Christ? 
And some of you have said, I've never led anybody to Christ. Then it needs to become your life mission. Because it actually is your life mission. Matthew 28, which we're going to talk about next week. The great commission or co-mission is for us to go and make disciples. That's the call of our lives. Well, no, the call of my life is to be an engineer. No, that's your job. The call of your life is to be and make disciples. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Look, some of us are more evangelistic than others. Some of us are better at this. Yeah, that's okay. But if you never led anybody to Christ, show me that in the New Testament church. I don't think anybody in the, New Te- in the church of Acts could have said that. Yeah, I'm Gary, I'm in the Acts of the Apostles, and uh, not one, not one person, but I was at church every week. Like, that, that person isn't in there, but we, we've made that up. Are we leading people to Jesus? And if not, why not? And are we leading other believers closer? So many Christians these days in America use their freedom in Christ like an American freedom to drink what they want, watch what they want, say what they want, determine their own morality, determine their own reality. What the Holy Spirit and Bible says to them is more important than what it says in Orthodox Christianity. But we're called to something higher. We're called to something better than that. And it's a better life than my life, what I want, how I determine it. And is there freedom in Christ? Yes. Do I get to sit on the judgment throat of your life and say, cut out this and do more of that? No, that's not my job. But the Holy Spirit, it should be his job. And he should always be sanding and molding. We should always be in the potter's hands. And he's shaking stuff up. So here's just some basic questions. Is your prayer life worth imitating? Could you say in your prayer life, follow me as I follow Christ? Is your Bible reading worth imitating? Could you say when it comes to my Bible reading, follow me as I follow Christ? Is your morality worth imitating? This is actually the one I think American Christians are actually best at. They're moral. We're like, well, I don't cheat on my wife, and I don't, you know, I don't gamble, and, you know, I don't get drunk, so I got it down. And sometimes I go to church. Like, if that's the sum total of your walk, like, lame. <laughs> like, that's, that's, a good, that's a good starting spot. That's good. You're not done, you know. Is your freedom worth imitating? Is your, the way you treat your freedom in Christ worth imitating? Would you ask another believer to follow your example in the way you are free with Jesus? Is your marriage worth imitating? Can you say that? Is your parenting in Christ worth imitating? Is the way you are at your job worth imitating Christ? You know, one of the things, and I I was a long time ago, but I haven't been in the trades a long time. It's rough. Those guys are not like Jesus. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody in the trades in this room are like, not like Jesus. 
And it's hard not to be like them amidst them. And yet the Lord would say, don't do it. Simple things like don't swear on the job. Well, well, I'm free in Christ, and the Lord's not mad if I swear here and there. True, the Lord may not be mad at you, but is he honored by it? We've set up the wrong gauges. We've made it by what we can get away with instead of how we can get closer. And no, we don't, get, we don't honor God by our works, but we do honor God by obedience. Obedience counts. The Bible actually says it. Like, that's how we get rewarded in heaven. We get rewarded even in this life by obedience. We've made holiness like nothing. Why? Because so few of us want to say, follow me as I follow Jesus. Because it costs us. But it's a good cost. Matter of fact, it's an amazing trade once you make it. It's better. You know, I don't like fasting, which you can probably tell. But the other day, we were at a friend's house. <laughs> we hung out with them. And sure enough, they're like, great, so let's get some pizza. I'm like, get behind me, Satan. You know, <laughs> just that moment of like, come on. And my wife and I, while everybody else are having pizza and just loving life, <laughs> there we were just eating the food my food eats. <laughs> you know, <laughs> having saddled like, God, where are you? Are you here in this moment? Are you hearing me? But you know, it was okay. Because the payback of just sensing the closeness to his presence, of drawing a little nearer, of saying, and like, I'm never going to look back 20 years ago and be like, I'm glad I didn't fast. But I will look back. I'll never, I'll never you know, I, I, I can't remember how many times I've eaten pizza in my life. And if you live in this city, you can say the same. Now, my wife can. She grew up in Wisconsin where was, a lot of pizza is very just tolerable, okay? She doesn't understand it like we do. She's trying. God's moving on her. But uh, maybe through the fast, right? So, but, but those of us, like, but we can't, can, us, can we remember that pizza we ate that night in that place for the last 30, 40, 50 years? No. But how many of us can remember the times we sought the Lord intentionally? Follow me as I follow Jesus. Come on, come with me. Let's get closer. Let's dig in. Let's pray. Let's call on his name. Let's listen to his word. And the truth is, if I'm honest, I can't say everything on that list that I just let, listed off and say I'm good at all that. I'm not. But I want to be. Change me, Lord. So I can say, follow me as I follow Jesus. The way you are with church, could you say to somebody, follow me as I follow Jesus? The way you are with your attitude, follow me as I follow Jesus. Right? But we've made it something else. Give me one or two people, volunteers. All right, Jenny, come on up. One more. One more. All right, Danny. All right. Give, give it up. Come on. So some of you know this visual, some of you don't. 
all right, we're doing follow the leader. Right? Turn around. Face them. No, not me. Them. All right. Flap your, flap your arms. Right? It's kind of Simon says. Simon says, flap your arms. Simon says, flap your arms. Simon says, stop. Simon says, put your hand on your head. Simon says, stop. Simon says, touch your nose. Simon says, stop. Simon says, put your hands on your waves. Stop. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, right? But what if about the kid who's at the party who's like, just sitting there, and they're like, come on, play with us. No, but I am. I am in my heart. <laughs> no, no, that's not the thing. We're, we're doing this. Follow the leader. Like Simon says, come on. No, I am in my heart, you know, but I'm just going to do it right here in my heart. This is what we're doing. You know what the Bible says about our hearts? It is deceitful and wicked above all things. We're supposed to make a heart trade with Jesus and become like the leader and say, follow me as I follow the leader. Thanks, guys. You need to sit down. Thank you. So some basic things. You want somebody, how to follow. Ask somebody to follow who's behind you. If that's your kids, you should be able to say to your kids, follow me as I follow Jesus. Ask somebody who's behind you, follow me as I follow Jesus. Also, follow people who are ahead of you. There are people in your walk, when you, if you want to follow Jesus well, you should be following people who are ahead of you. You guys know Papa G, he's been here, he spoke at our men's retreat, he's going to be speaking at our men's retreat again this year, January 28th, yep. He's one of the men I follow. He's a man of God, an amazing man of God, who showed himself faithful over the long term of ministry. He's one of the guys I follow. I want to be like him. And he's ahead of me. Don't spend all your time with those beside you. That is one of the biggest mistakes. And the younger you are, the easier it is. The younger you are, the more you're like, well, I just want to hang out with people my age, and, that's, and, that, and this church doesn't have enough 14-and-a-half-year-olds who like um, crayons and red sparkly things, and I want more of that. Yeah. Grow up. Maturity is not hanging out with everybody who's your age. It's okay to want to sometimes, even, even, even your best times. But the truth is, you will never grow if most of your peers are your influencers. Because then you're not following somebody as they follow Christ. Every believer needs a Paul, Barnabas, and a Timothy in their life. Someone above them, beside them, and below them. Every believer needs that. And if not, you're lacking. And ask the Lord for it, and he'll provide it. But you're going to have to step up. You can outgrow who you follow, and those who follow you can outgrow you. And when they do, let them go. And when, when you outgrow them, love them and just keep going. See, we idolize or demonize. When we, our leadership, when we begin to outgrow a, a, a person who is over us, we begin to hate them and resent them. Stop. Maybe God's just grown you in your life and say, man, thank you for taking me this far. It's good. And when somebody maybe is moving past you, and that's the bigger mistake. We have influence on somebody's life, and then they, 
Then they're like, they kind of moving past us. Some of us, when we're control freaks, we're like, how dare you? Do you know what I've done for you? <laughs> Stop it. You're not Jesus. You don't have holes in your hands. Let them go. And I feel like the Lord gave this to me this morning. Okay, one more. Those who follow Jesus are not Jesus, so don't, don't expect them to be. Can you follow me as I follow Christ as your pastor? You can. Am I going to fail you? Absolutely. Guaranteed. Promise. Stick around long enough. It's going to happen. Because I'm human. I'm not Jesus. Same thing with our elders. Same thing with your circle leaders. Same thing with our kids. They're just people. But hopefully, you followed faithfully enough that you begin to learn what it looks like to follow Jesus. And to me, here's the biggest reason people won't follow Jesus. Won't say, follow me as I follow Christ. Three things. It's not on your screen. Condemnation, complacency, or compromise. Let me unpack that. Condemnation. Can't follow me as I follow Jesus. I'm just too messed up. I'm too broken. I've got too much stuff wrong in my life. A couple of things. If you've got sin in your life, deal with it. Bring it to the cross and deal with it. Bring it to account with somebody if you need to. But deal with it. Stop just saying I'm stuck with it. Saying I'm stuck in sin is basically saying to the cross of Jesus Christ, you're not enough. Yes, it is. This condemnation that says I can't. Well, you don't know what I've done. I know what Jesus did, and if you're following him and he's working in your life, you can invite somebody on the journey. Now look, what you probably shouldn't do is call up, you know, Francis Chan and say, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. He's probably maybe a little further down the road than you are. Complacency. This is probably our biggest sickness in America. We just get lazy. It's already happening. Does anybody remember a year and a half to two years ago in the top of the moose and we didn't have enough room? We're not doing anything different. What's different is everybody went back to normal. You say, well, you know, as leadership, you could have. It's a lie from hell. No, what's happening in the American church is what you see in so many times. Complacency. We get used to it. Comfort is the enemy of the Christian. It's our enemy. It's not our friend. Nobody grows while they're comfortable. There are times we need to be comforted, and there are absolutely times for rest. But comfort is not the home of the Christian. How many people? They don't, they don't care about what government's doing again. Why? Well, they let me take the mask off, and I can go to the grocery store again, blah, blah, blah. But man, there's some nasty stuff happening right now. Awful. God-awful things. I don't care which side of the aisle you're on, and if Trump had done it, I'd say the same thing. This past week, the speech that our president gave was a disgrace. can't tell us you want to unify us and then divide us in the same sense. It's evil. You say, well, both sides. Yeah, I agree with you. Both sides are messed up. We need Jesus.
we say, follow me as I follow Christ, are they finding themselves in a political rally or with Jesus? When they say, follow me as I follow Christ, are they finding us looking at porn or with Jesus? Are they finding us hungry for the things of God or screaming at our spouse? Look, we're all going to mess up. Paul messed up. He called himself the chief of sinners. But let's not get complacent. That's why we're fasting. It's not to attain something. It's to get away from complacency and be hungry for the things of God. And lastly, just compromise. We compromise on a lot when it comes to our walk with Jesus. I've shared it before, I'll share it again. Friends of mine who are Mexico missionaries, lifelong. Now their son Josh, who we support, is in Poland, runs Christ for the Nations Poland, has Ukrainian refugees in his building right now. They said to me, Zabiana, what can I, you know, just sharing some of my challenges in ministry. And they said to me, that challenge with America, it's all so gray. How many of us can just say, God, you have my everything? We are so easily divided and compromised on things of sin, of things of this world, of offenses, of the things we think the way it should be. Uh, The enemy is so good, the devil is so good at creating a distraction. I was focused, I am focused on Jesus and, and these issues have to be and the Lord would just say lay them down back to me what if we were so single minded about Jesus not what we need to overcome not what I need God to fix not where I need the church to be not what my family no, Jesus single-minded, single-focused, holy, solely, consumed with Jesus. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10. So long.